millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> Kia ora everybody. I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. Relief is just a spray away with Viva Lavolva Postpartum Healing Spray. We take care of down there while you take care of your baby. This week's episode is proudly sponsored by Stevie at Viva Lavolva. Viva Lavolva Postpartum Healing Spray is a fresh approach to natural postpartum care for mamas worldwide. Viva Lavolva is an all-natural soothing spray that eases the discomfort of postpartum vaginal swelling, soreness and tears that can occur during childbirth because ouch. Viva Lavolva supports new mamas in those very special few weeks after their baby is born. Viva Lavolva also comes highly recommended by midwives and mamas alike. And for a limited time, Kiwi Birth Tales listeners can grab a special 10% discount with the promo code KiwiBirth in capital letters when you shop online at vivalavolva.co.nz. In this week's episode, I speak with Stacey about her most recent birth with her beautiful daughter Goldie. Stacey actually has six children, but we decided not to cover all of their births in this episode. So although she touches on her other kids' pregnancies and births, we focused mainly on Goldie and her experience with that pregnancy and birth. Goldie's pregnancy wasn't planned and Stacey's husband Phil actually had testicular cancer and had one testicle removed and was also taking drugs that meant he shouldn't be able to get anybody pregnant. So when Stacey fell pregnant, it was quite a shock and she obviously had to process that. So she talks us through that experience as well as her experience with this pregnancy. She had antenatal depression and that was also during lockdown. So she talks us through that and then her decision to have a home birth, which was successful. So I'll let Stacey take you through it, but it's a great episode and yeah, hope you enjoy. Hi, Stacey. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, thanks for having me. No problem. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Okay, so I am Stacey. I'm 33 years old and uh, we live in Wanaka. Um, I have my husband, Phil, and I have six children. So I have Chloe, who is 13, Lucas, who just turned 12, I have Archie, who is five and a half, Hugo is four, Bowie is two and a half, and Goldie, who is four weeks old. Um, Chloe and Lucas are to a previous relationship, so um, to my husband, Phil, we have the other four. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Very, very busy household, I can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it's very. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cool. And do you want to take us through what the journey to pregnancy was like for you with Goldie? 
uh, with Goldie. So she is um, a very unique one. So um, she shouldn't really be here, to be honest. And still to this day, we don't know how she is here. So um, last year, my husband, Phil, had testicular cancer. So um, he had one testicle removed, went through chemotherapy, and he is on a lifelong drug that makes him infertile, (laughs) essentially. So um, (laughs) how we got pregnant, I don't know, because we got pregnant after all of that. Um, So, yeah, I I don't even know how. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I can imagine that was such a surprise to you guys when you found out. Yeah, well, that was not what crossed my mind when my period was late, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I bet. And do you want to give us, I guess, a brief, um, because we're sort of going to dive into Goldie's uh, birth experience, do you want to give us a brief overview of what your previous births had been like? Um, So Chloe's was um, obviously a first birth, um, was quite traumatic. It was... 24 hours long um, and then uh, she was delivered by Vontus after a failed forcep delivery. Um, she was posterior and then I had a retained placenta so I had to have that manually removed. Um, I had an episiotomy, second degree tearing and it d- just everything about it was was not very nice when I was 19. Yeah. Um, and then all of my other babies have just been pretty straightforward, normal vaginal um, births. Lucas was in hospital and the other four have all been at home. Awesome. Cool. And do you want to take us through how you found out that you were pregnant with Goldie then? Did you have symptoms or what sort of made you think um, you needed to take a test? Um, so I was doing the F45 eight-week challenge and I had already lost eight kilos. So I was deep in my fitness and eating well. And I just thought that maybe because I had lost weight so drastically that maybe maybe my cycle was a little bit mucked up. So I was five days late and I was just a little bit worried, like, hmm, what's happening? So I thought, oh, well, I'll do a test just to eliminate that before I go to the doctor. And um, it was positive straight away, <laughs> like straight away. <laughs> um, and I was shaking, felt like I was going to be sick, was showing Phil. And he just looked like the happiest man in the world because he wanted lots of children. <laughs> um, I thought that we were done. I kind of closed that chapter in our life. So I wasn't exactly ecstatic. <laughs> I was a lot in shock. And... I pretty much said outright that I'm going to the doctor, um, that I I didn't want to be pregnant and have another child after I just closed yeah. that chapter in my life. And I was also petrified of, um, I guess, how the baby would be after all of his treatment because it was only nine weeks mm-hmm. after yeah. all of his cancer treatment. So, I, yeah, I just I took a lot to, um, oh, I don't know, accept it. <laughs> Yeah. And did you sort of just work through that with Phil or what was that process like around trying to decide what you were going to do and yeah, overcoming that shock? Yeah, I took the test on Saturday and I thought I'll go to the doctor on Monday. Um, And he was just like the happiest man in the world and just, I don't know, I just decided not to (laughs) go to the doctor and just um, messaged my midwife and kind of went through it with him. So yeah, I guess... We just kind of went through, well, this baby's a miracle. It's obviously meant to be. And, um, yeah. 
yeah, so we just kind of went through it like that. So yeah, um, yeah. we ended up needing to get the Illumi screen um, just to check that she was going to be okay after all of the treatment. Um, yeah. So that came back fine at 10 weeks. Cool. Awesome. And how were you feeling sort of in your first trimester in terms of pregnancy symptoms and your body? How was that experience? I actually had no symptoms this time. Um, surprisingly, <laughs> it's not like me at all because I'm normally so in tune with my body that I know straight away when I'm pregnant. So this one really threw me off. Um, I had absolutely no symptoms. I was still training every morning at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> um Normally I get sore, big boobs. I didn't get that until about 14 weeks. I wasn't sick, um, wasn't tired. I, I felt amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. So my past yeah. pregnancies, I had high premises. So I was severely sick and hospitalized on a drip. Um, so yeah, this time nothing. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And did that sort of stay the case throughout the rest of your pregnancy? Not too many symptoms apart from a growing bump? Yeah, yeah, it was an amazing pregnancy. I was very lucky. Um, another reason that I was like, wow, this pregnancy is so meant to be because it was <laughs> quite a healing um, thing for me after having such awful pregnancies in the past. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And did you decide to find out the sex of the baby at the 20-week scan? Um, no, so because of the Illumi screen that we had, um, we found, we were able to find out the gender and because oh, yeah. there's a huge cost involved, um, we just decided we're paying all that money, we might as well find out the gender <laughs> as well. So we found out she was a girl at 11 weeks is when we got the um, results back. Yeah, awesome. And had you found out the sex of your previous pregnancies? Yep, <laughs> all six of them I have. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hugo, um, we didn't want to and then we we could see him <laughs> on the scan as soon as I put it on my belly but yeah I'm quite an organized person so I kind of yeah. like to know yeah awesome cool and did you do I mean obviously you've had this is, was your sixth sixth birth but did you do any antenatal classes or any birth classes or any sort of education that you found helpful um no I haven't actually ever been to an antenatal class um I couldn't go to one when I was pregnant with Chloe my first because I was so sick in hospital um so um yeah I've never actually been to one nor have I actually um done any research on anything either I yep. watch a lot of um other people's births and things like that um yeah and my midwife said to me when I was pregnant with Goldie that I naturally hit no birth um not that I've ever looked into it but I just naturally do yeah. it so yeah <laughs> yeah awesome and do you want to take us through how you sort of decided what your birth plan would be so where you wanted to give birth and how your previous births had contributed to that decision uh so in Wanaka we are very limited here so um there is no birthing unit here in Wanaka, the closest one is one and a half hours away, and then the hospital is three and a half hours away. So um, for me, we have no family support. Um, it's just me and my husband. So it was um, kind of like the only choice was to give birth at home. Um, and I've previously had home births and know that they're fine. So that was the plan with Goldie, but I always prepare for a hospital birth or for anything to happen. So I always pack a bag for hospital for me and baby and um that's always 
always part of the plan. But yeah, um, yeah successfully had um, four <laughs> home births. Archie wasn't actually planned at home. I was going to go to the birthing unit, but um, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't make it. I was too far into my <laughs> labour to move. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. And do you do anything sort of in preparation for birth? So, do you do antenatal expressing or perineal massage or anything like that? Um, yes. So the perineal massage I've done the past three pregnancies and hope that I don't get tearing <laughs> but yeah. unfortunately all six I've had second degree tearing um, and this time in particular I had a lot of anxiety around it um, I didn't heal well after Bowie six months yeah. after I had to go and see a gynecologist about my scar tissue and um, she pretty much said that sex was the only thing that would help break down the scar yeah. tissue <laughs> um, <laughs> just because <laughs> of the motion and where it is that mm -hmm. um, it helps. And um, they said that they could remove the scar tissue and then kind of suture it back up again. But it's again, it's creating more scar tissue. So um, they didn't suggest doing it. Um, but again, this time I had second degree tearing with Goldie. So um, I had a lot of stitches done afterwards and they've healed fine I've not busted them or um, got an infection or anything but I, I don't know how well <laughs> it will be in the long run I think I'll probably have to go and get another surgery to fix it up unfortunately <laughs> yeah yeah and had you had problems with the previous ones in terms of like busting them or getting an infection yeah yep every single time I've yeah either broke the stitches um or had a really nasty infection so um this time i i literally kept my legs closed and i <laughs> spent the first two weeks after i had goldie just pretty much stationary just i didn't do too much um because that's how i busted them all the other times like just getting out of the bed out of the car yeah. all of those yeah. motions where you just naturally move one leg out is when i um pulled them so this time I was very cautious and they've healed so much better just by actually being kind to myself and just resting cool and I know I follow you on Instagram so I've seen you um do your meal preps for your sort of birth and and for post-birth so do you want to take us through what you do there yes yeah, so that's something I did when um I was going to have Bowie so I filled the freezer with lots of meals and it worked really well um Phil can cook, <laughs> but um, when he's juggling all the rest of the children, um, it's just nice to have those meals in the freezer to be able to pull out and just chuck in the oven. Everyone's fed, everyone's happy is kind of my motto. So um, when I actually found out I was pregnant with Goldie, thinking that I would be really sick, I did exactly the same. I pretty much did the pregnancy test, did a huge online order and spent an entire day making, I, make? I think it was like 22 or something meals. Oh my gosh. Um, filled the whole freezer and I didn't even need them because I was perfectly fine, but um, yeah. they were still quite handy to have. So yeah, yeah this I time I did it again, although we didn't have the freezer space. So um, I actually kept most of them for once Phil went back to work um, just to make life easier for myself on those days that yeah. there's cluster feeding and after school, you know, chaos that I can yeah. just pull something out of the freezer and put it in. <laughs> Definitely <Yeah>. helps. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And how did you sort of plan to 
um, have the rest of the kids when you were in labor and birth. So were you planning to have them there? And what was your sort of experience with telling them that they were going to have another little baby sister join the family? Um, so how we told them, um, we waited until Christmas day and I had another Santa sack saying surprise on the front. <laughs> so all of them had personalized Santa sacks and I had a six one saying surprise on it and they didn't even click. They didn't even know because <laughs> they were too excited about their own. And I was like, oh damn. Um, and then at the end I was like, well, why is there another one? And they're like, I don't know. And they thought it was for my niece, um, who was just born <laughs> a few days before and, yeah. um, yeah, so they didn't really click, and then they started opening the presents inside, which was a wee outfit and everything else, and um, then they clicked, and it was really cool. I'd, I'm quite a personal kind of person. I, I don't really like a lot of people around when I'm giving birth. Um, no one's allowed to touch me. No one's allowed <laughs> to talk to me. Like, I just kind of go into my zone, so I didn't want the kids around me when I was giving birth. I did ask Chloe, however, um, I gave her the option to be there and she said no, so that was fine. Um, I had planned um, to have my friend Anna come and take them if if it went into the day, but I, I always give birth at night time. I'm a bit of a creature of habit <laughs> and my mind is very powerful. Um, so, yeah, um, I just didn't really give them the option, so it's just lucky that I gave birth in the night again. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cool. And do you want to take us through, so what had you planned for your home birth? Did you want to um, have a pool there or do you have a bath at home or did you plan to give birth sort of in a specific room in your house? What was that experience? Yeah. So normally when I go into labor, I'm on the bed and you cannot move me. <laughs> and I'm just kind of in the fetal position with all my blankets and my pillows and just going through all of the contractions um so that was my plan again I just thought that that would be how it would be so um I prepare a bucket um it's called my birth bucket so I have what I've discovered is the best thing for birth at home is a picnic blanket so the ones with the plastic on the back and the fleece on the other side so I put that under myself um and then I just have things like snacks and water bottle and um a towel for the baby and towels Um, for me and stuff so I have that ready I'm not a water lover in general um, so water is not really my place that I go or think of when I'm in (laughs) labour however this time was completely different Um, I went into labour at um, one o'clock after a stretch and sweep and all I wanted to do was walk around and be in the bath which was completely different to the others Um, so I just went wherever I needed to be and I ended up giving birth to her in the lounge on the couch <laughs> of all places so um, <laughs> not in the bed <laughs> yeah awesome and do you want to take us through so your um I guess the start of your labor and what techniques you were using throughout the sort of early stages and then how you progressed from there um so I had her at 40 weeks and five days so at 40 weeks my midwife gave me a stretch and sweep it was on the Thursday and it was her weekend off come Friday night so we were kind of hoping that that would get things started um but it didn't oh and then I took a castor oil concoction (laughs) which I would never recommend to anyone ever don't do it (laughs) um so I took that and was horribly horribly sick 
um, and then contraction started that night and I thought oh well at least um, at least I'm going into labour and then it fizzled out and then I spent the entire weekend while my midwife was off having contractions every 10 minutes day and night mm. and it was pretty exhausting um, so come Monday once she was back on um, I messaged her and I was like miserable she came over and gave me another stretch and sweep which I was three to four centimetres this time the last time I was two centimetres um, so she gave me a stretch and sweep and I literally went into labour as soon as she did it. So um, that was at one o'clock in the afternoon. And then um, the early stages, I guess that's as soon as I went into labour. Um, I was just trying to get organised for the kids to come home from school. I didn't really get to um, just be in my moment of being in labour. I was... Um, rushing around doing their lunch boxes and making dinner and Hugo actually had a wee play date and I didn't want to cancel on him because it was his yeah. first time having a friend over so <laughs> the mum turned up and I just finished a contraction so I was like right I've got about five to seven minutes <laughs> to be able to have a conversation with her before I get another one so um yeah had his friend over and then it got too much for me and I had to message Phil and come home um because I was literally leaning over the bench trying to cook dinner while having contractions it was pretty hard so by the time he got home I took myself to the bedroom and I just um I actually watched one born every minute (laughs) while in labor and um yeah I just spent the time in the bedroom while Phil got the kids to bed thinking that it might um progress faster once the kids were in bed because I'm quite a creature of habit once they're on bed and asleep that's when I kind of go into established labor but it didn't happen. I spent two hours in the bath and the contractions were still all over the place. They were like three minutes, then five minutes, then seven minutes and 12 minutes. And then it would be, yeah, it, would, it was just all over the place. So I had messaged my midwife, giving her a heads up and um, she was off to Pilates. So she's like, okay, I'll message you after and um, I will check how you are and I, it was no different so she obviously went to bed and went to sleep Phil came to bed and went to sleep and I just I could not get to sleep yeah. or get comfortable so I was pacing the house and back in the bath and yeah I just pretty much spent my entire early labor just pacing the house and um what did I get to I got to about 12 o'clock and I messaged, oh no, 12.30, and I messaged my midwife saying that it was getting really hard and I was falling asleep between contractions and I wasn't really coping. So she um, she got here about 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and um, she asked if she could do an assessment and I was just like too far gone. I was just pretty miserable. I didn't even want her to come near me, so I said no. Um, she just observed me for a while and um, she said that she knew I was in labour but she didn't know where I was because when she turned up I didn't have a contraction for 12 minutes so she obviously thought that it was still ages away I think she actually wanted to leave but (laughs) I was a bit of a mess so um, she suggested I get up because um, Goldie was lying ROA on my left hand side Um, She just wasn't in a good position, so she thinks that was why I had such a long early stage of labour. So I got up and I went in the bath, and then I literally felt her move, and I had to get out the bath as soon as she moved and walked down the hallway back into the lounge where I had done all all of my labour. And, um, yeah, 
it was all on. <laughs> Once I got into the lounge, I had three contractions and then she was out. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And so who did you have in the room at that time? I only had my midwife and Phil. So yeah. during a home birth, you are meant to have two midwives there. Um, because my contractions were still six minutes apart, um, nobody knew, not even me. I didn't know that she was going to be born in the next few minutes I didn't have the transition so my contractions were still at the front of my tummy and just really tight I didn't get pushy or like the urge to push at all until I got onto the couch in the lounge and I threw up so my midwife was getting ready because she knows from my previous labors that when I throw up it's not too fast so I imagine that she probably would have called the backup midwife but um yeah she didn't even get gloves on because um (laughs) yeah I just I just all of a sudden had the urge to push and she told me to stop so we could try and save my perineum but it was a bit involuntary for me so I just kind of pushed her out (laughs) Phil (laughs) wasn't even he wanted to catch her but he was behind the couch um trying to sort the fire and everything else so um (laughs) yeah nobody knew that she was going to be (laughs) yeah Yeah, amazing. And so once she was born, did they pop her up on your chest from there? Yep, yep. So um, the first contraction, I broke my waters, and then the next contraction, I um, pushed her out. So, yep, she came straight up onto my chest and was she actually was screaming on her way out. She (laughs) let out a humongous scream. Like, we have a big house and the kids' bedrooms are far away, but um, she woke Lucas with her huge <laughs> scream. He came out all frazzled and we kind of shoot him off because uh, where he comes down the stairs, I was literally legs spread, <laughs> just had a baby. So yeah. um, we kind of sent him off to bed. That was at 2.43 a.m. was when she was born, so he kind of came out half asleep. Like, there's a baby crying. So, yeah. <laughs> um Yep, she came straight up onto my chest and she was sucking her hands and wanting to feed straight away. She was just beside herself crying and crying and crying and just wanted to feed. So I pretty much, in order to make her <laughs> quiet, I had to um, feed her so she didn't wake the whole house. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it was it was lucky that um, she did come out crying and absolutely fine because we obviously didn't have another midwife there. Mm-hmm. So um, it all just worked out really well for me, thankfully. Yeah, awesome. And did your placenta come on its own? Um, no. So since I um, Chloe's was retained, my first, um, I've always had to have is it syntocin? Yeah, the injection. Yeah, side of the leg. Yep, the injection in the side of the leg. Um, yeah, so I always have to have that afterwards, just to get it out. Yeah. Um, I tried to birth my placenta naturally um, with Hugo because I really wanted the photo of him connected to the placenta with the wee heart with the cord yeah. um, so I tried for an hour and it still wouldn't come out so they ended up clamping the cord giving me the injection I birthed the placenta then they unclamped it for a photo so I still got my photo which was really cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah awesome and what was your sort of I guess if we just jump back before going forward what was your breastfeeding journey like with your other kids um, I've, I've had, I think, every journey imaginable with yeah. um, all the other five. So Chloe's was awful. Um, when I was in hospital, the midwives um, would just kind of latch her on for me and like kind of like milk me and like do everything for yeah. me. So by the time it came to going home, I, I hadn't actually done it myself. So um, 
I just kind of thought I knew what I was doing, but I am, yeah. I obviously didn't because my nipples were an absolute mess. They were like hanging on by a little through the skin and bleeding and awful. I dread like ball my eyes out just going to lecture. So um, I ended up going to see a lactation consultant in the hospital and we just pretty much went right back to scratch of um, being able to lecture on again. I didn't use shields or anything. Um, I kind of look back and think I probably should have. But um, And Lucas was pretty easy. Um, same with Archie, although I've always had cracked sore nipples at the start. I think it's kind of inevitable <laughs> at the start. Um and then with Hugo, I had a really low milk supply, um, so that was a completely different journey for me. I had always had a lot of milk, so to have nothing with him was really hard. Um, my milk took three days to come in, so he was really hungry, and yeah, it was it was really hard. Um, but I got there. I ended up being a milk donor, actually, going the other way with him. So I had oh. <laughs> Um, I ended up, yeah, building up my milk supply so much that I had so much that I could donate it. Yeah. So how did that sort of play into your feelings around breastfeeding Goldie? Were you sort of just really open to the experience and um, you didn't feel any anxiety around it or what was that like? Yeah, no. So I I always prepare for um, sore, cracked nipples and everything. So I always have the Pure Lan oil the nipple cream and this time for the first time I used the hydrogel discs which were absolutely amazing I only had one tiny little crack but um it was it was fine yeah so yeah I definitely rate those um discs they made all the difference and um to help with the supply I always take lactation cookies supplements um to help in the early days yeah to help bring the milk in and keep it keep it um nice and full yeah so I've just kind of started to stop eating and taking those things now because I've um, kind of built my supply up to hopefully (laughs) a good amount yeah yeah awesome cool and if we jump back to I guess just past birth um and Goldie's up on your chest and you guys have latched on and you're feeding so what happens from there does um the midwife sort of examine you and stitch you up or what happens next (laughs) Oh my gosh, Um, yes, so that's always a a very hard moment for me, even opening my legs to let her look because I just don't want to hear it, I don't want to know about it, I don't want to go through it and I get myself up into a huge state, so with Bowie I knew instantly, so I'd given birth to her and I said straight away, I was like, I've torn, I've torn, she was like, don't worry about it, um, because, yeah, I guess at home you have nothing. You are, um, you just take the injections, the local, um, straight yeah. into your sore areas yeah. with no pain relief. And um, it was really awful. With Bowie, I could feel a lot of it. And um, I just had tears streaming down my face as Phil was holding Bowie. And I just wanted to close my legs or just leave it torn because I didn't want to go through getting stitches. So this time... We had talked a lot about how we were going to go about it when I was pregnant. Um, and she said that she was going to use a stronger local so I couldn't feel anything. Yeah. So she examined me. And, of course, I had had second-degree tearing again. I kind of knew it. I could feel the sting anyway. So um, 
she um gave me local she actually i think it might have been it was it was quite a lot yeah and she asked me if i could feel it and i said yes and she said that she couldn't give me any more because it makes it swollen makes the area swollen and oh, it makes okay. it really hard to stitch and then it pulls yeah so um she was like i can't give you any more and i said that she, i said to her i'm like you're not coming near me unless i can feel nothing yeah. So um, she ended up giving me some more and she said it was quite swollen when she was doing it, but she said it was holding well. So, um, yeah, she, I think it took just over an hour yeah. to um, do all of all of my stitches, which, which was fine this time because um, I couldn't feel anything, unlike the other times, which was a fine experience this time. Yeah. I just um, fed Goldie while she was um, doing my stitches. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And what was the experience like once the kids woke up and how did you introduce them all to Goldie? So um, Bowie actually woke up at quarter past four. So um, after I just finished getting my stitches and um, my midwife was packing up, she came in. Um, she was a bit hysterical. She was really upset because it was so early in the morning and she didn't know what was going on. But as soon as she saw Goldie, she was so happy she was so excited um because we had already told the kids her name she was like it's baby goldie so she was really excited probably too excited because she was just into everything and (laughs) um getting into all the midwives equipment and stuff um and then in the morning um phil didn't even tell the other kids that i had had her um just to try and get everything ready and sorted because i was absolutely exhausted after pretty much five days of the mm. latent phase of labor and I had a 12 hour labor at home that was really hard and long so he kind of just let me rest um but Chloe and Lucas both knew that I had had her and um they all came in just before they went to school and daycare and came and met her they were all really excited mm. um we were going to keep them home to let them have some time but I was I was just too exhausted yeah. so we sent them off to daycare and school and they they came home after school and it was really nice they all got a cuddle and stuff so mm. yeah yeah awesome very cool and I guess if we sort of fast forward the next few weeks how did you find your emotional recovery from birth so did you experience the post baby blues and have you had that or um any postnatal depression previously um no so I usually get the baby blues around day two or three just really emotional about everything happy sad anything moments I just cry and cry um this time I didn't so um I was diagnosed with antenatal depression this time which I've never had before at 32 weeks so that was after lockdown so um obviously we did lockdown all of us did lockdown but um I just found it really hard I I don't know if it was lockdown or if it was pregnancy or if it just happened to be when I was pregnant. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I was going through a really rough time the end of pregnancy. So they were really concerned about me having postnatal depression. Um, But surprisingly, I've I've actually been really fine since I've had her. Um, I've not had any sad days or moments. yeah, I could actually honestly say that I don't feel depressed anymore at all since I've had it. Yeah. So um, maybe it was the pregnancy that was making me really down. Mm-hmm. I, I still don't know <laughs> if it was COVID or pregnancy or just everything caught up on me. But yeah. 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 And were they managing your um, depression with medication or what was that like? So, yeah, I was. Um, the system really failed me. Um, 
obviously with COVID there were huge wait times and you know you had to have phone consultations yeah. and everything else so um I was kind of I was kind of missed because of COVID because you couldn't physically see me and I I am quite strong that I just kind of put on a brave mm. face and say I'm fine until I'm not fine so um I was referred for I think it's called early intervention yeah. so um I saw a counsellor who unfortunately was actually um rubbish she was just a mm. terrible she didn't do anything for me and the next appointment the next week she forgot the week oh, after God. she asked me how I was doing and I was I said okay and then she was like oh do you want discharge <laughs> so I had had one counseling session with her oh and gosh. I was two weeks out from having a baby um, and then she was like I'll give you a call later on in the week and check in on you and I've never heard from her again so I, my midwife actually referred me for the next um, intervention, which is in a, in hospital, and um, that's kind of more a, like, quick fix type yep. one that they um, send you to, I can't remember what it's called, um, but there was a huge wait because of COVID again, so um, I didn't actually even get to see another counsellor, still haven't, so they, my doctor ended up um, prescribing me some antidepressants but I was um, told not to take them because I was two weeks out from having a baby by the time I actually got the mm. medication um, because I was already had all the hormones in my body that were going to you know do their thing to be able to have a baby that they didn't want to disrupt right. me so I pretty much just had to go through feeling mm. very low and depressed with no counseling and no support and um yeah, the antidepressants were right there, but I couldn't take them. So um, they kind of gave me some techniques in which to help when I was feeling anxious or really low. Um, but I didn't really need to do them at the end. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't actually know how I got mm. through it. It was it was pretty rough. Um, poor Phil had to go through me being a crying mess all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I I haven't even needed to take the antidepressants. They're still there. I'm allowed to take them, but um, I haven't needed to. But to know that they're there, if I yeah. do need them, um, is quite yeah. good. Yeah, it's such a shame that you had that experience with the counsellor and the lack of support. It's um, yeah, it's so disappointing to hear. Yeah, well, they I guess they're just lucky that I I am actually okay. Um, because I mean, yeah, it could have gone a completely different way. Just leaving yeah, me yeah. um especially due to have a baby with no support and you know so many other children mm -hmm. and everything um my midwife was amazing though she um actually visited me more always asked how I was and yeah she was really supportive so um yeah she tried her best with the system that we have here in um the Lakes District we are very limited in what we can kind mm -hmm. of access here so she did her best yeah, yeah. And I guess what was the um, technique or, yeah, what did you use to manage when you were feeling low? Was it talking or was there something else? I guess I'm just conscious that there'd be a lot of other people out here, out there listening to this who might be feeling the same way. So if you could give any tips on what you did. Yeah, well, with um, 
with the effects of COVID still, you know, like I imagine there are still probably places in New Zealand and mothers trying to get support with, you know, limited support because the mental health section is so, so busy at the moment. Um, So I, I literally just talked to my closest friends all the time. I told them how I was feeling, which, which was so hard for one of them in particular because she had just um, Mm. kind of gone through depression herself. So I felt comfortable talking to her, but it was also quite triggering for her hearing me say some pretty sad things that, um, yeah, I guess she had been through herself. So, um, yeah, it was just, I'd message Phil, he was at work, so I'd message him and just confined in my yeah. friends really and my midwife so that's pretty much how I got through it was yeah talking yeah. to talking yeah. to people and how has um I guess your physical recovery from birth been what have you found that experience like this time this time has been amazing and again I go back to it being me being kind to myself so usually when I go into having a baby I try everything to get a baby out because I always go overdue and um yeah, I, I kind of lose my mind a little bit in the end. I just don't want to be pregnant anymore. So I try yeah. everything to kind of get them out and they go for hikes up mountains and, <laughs> you know, do all the crazy things. This time I didn't do anything at all. I just, I took a lot of time um, resting. So I think it was 39 weeks I booked the kids in daycare, spent the entire week just laying around watching Netflix, just chilling out, just letting my body you know, um, rest. Yeah. So this time, two weeks after the two weeks after I had Goldie, I did exactly the same. I just lay around feeding her, just bonding with her and resting and Phil did absolutely everything. He made the kids lunches, did pick up, drop off, clean the house, the washing, you name it. <laughs> I didn't touch the housework or go into the kitchen for anything other than a snack. I didn't cook. Um, so this time I've recovered so well. I've not had any problems. I've not had mastitis. I've not had anything at all that's, um, yeah, been a problem. So I've healed really well. And now I'm able to get straight back into mum life. So um, yeah. I'm able to get straight back into cooking, cleaning and everything because I've allowed my body to rest and recover. And I, I wish I did it with the others because... I always get straight back up and I'm straight into it every other time. So, mm. yeah, it's made all the difference. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And do you have um, Goldie sleeping in your room and do you want to take us through, I guess, yeah, what your sort of um, setup is there? Yep, so she's got a bassinet in my room and she sleeps in there. Um, there's been the odd few nights that she has been in the carrier um, on me, so I've got a a wrap carrier that's um, nice and tight um, on me. I just end up sleeping upright, you know, mum life. (laughs) Um, She was really unsettled and I just fall asleep. So um, most of the time she is in her bassinet um, and then I've got a wee baby nest in the lounge that I can pop her in while I'm in here with the kids and everything else. Um, Our house is really large, so the monitor doesn't even pick up from the distance of the bedroom so I can move her bassinet in here too which I do um so yeah she'll probably go in with Bowie once she's in the cot and um share a room with her yeah yeah awesome and I guess just before we um finish up I know that there's also mums out there who might be listening to this who felt a similar way to you when you found out that you were pregnant and um 
yeah, maybe struggled to come to terms with it or it was a real shock and then they had to decide what to do. So I guess, do you want to take us through how you're feeling now about Goldie and how that sort of changed throughout your pregnancy and then post-birth as well? Okay, so um, I think that was probably where the antenatal depression probably came in um, was because of my feelings of not wanting to be pregnant and I guess getting closer to Mm. actually having her. It was very real and um, I was so worried that I wouldn't love her the same as others. Um, I think that's always kind of in the back of your mind with any kind of pregnancy, but it was was different this time. yeah, I yeah, I, I don't actually know how I, I got through it. It was it was really hard for me as well because Phil was so, so happy and I was so low, so I kind of resented him in a way that he was so happy about mm-hmm. this pregnancy and um I wasn't. I like I tried so hard to be happy and feel all those normal feelings but deep down I was just I was just really low and really sad. But I she was born and it was all gone completely gone um I love her exactly the same as the others and it's all been fine our bond has been fine and everything um I don't really have any advice as to um coming to that decision of I guess keeping the child um I guess it all comes down to personal your personal life and everything else but um for us we already had a big family a big car you know um all of those things um we had just got rid of everything baby related just weeks before um, (laughs) I found out I was pregnant so we had nothing so we had to kind of start back from scratch which was fine but um yeah I I just um yeah think that everything happens for a reason and for us she she was just maybe the good thing to come out of um my husband's cancer journey because it was a really hard yeah. time so yeah. um yeah yeah well thank you so much Stacey for coming on the podcast and sharing your stories with us I've loved talking to you today and I think there'll be so many people out there who really get a lot out of your story so I appreciate you being so open and honest with us and yeah thank you very much for joining me thank you for having me Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Kiwi Birth Tales and another huge thank you to Viva La Volva for being this week's sponsor. Stevie, I really appreciate your support. And if you are out there listening on whatever podcasting app that you listen on, I would love for you to leave a review or give your sort of star rating. So I think most podcast apps have that and it just really supports me in the podcast. So I'd be really appreciative if you could give me your feedback in the review and give me a star review as well. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback, so either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you.